Welcome to another episode of Your Music Saved Us, where two friends blast ourselves into the past to relive and recontextualize the alternative Christian music we grew up listening to in the 1990s. My name's Clifton, and I'll be your host. Joining me today is a man who's never seen a heart or a Chevy that he didn't want to break, Jay. How are you doing? I'm good, Clifton. I'm good. It's a, a Friday afternoon, so, you know, it's a yeah. good time to be recording this. Got the weekend <laughs> to look forward to, so yeah. So what are we listening to for this episode? We are listening to Stairwell's technically sophomore album, mm-hmm. Pacific Standard Time, released in 2000. And Clifton, I'm wondering, did we just break the podcast? This album is not from the 90s, technically. You know... It's a loose definition. Right? Okay. All right. What are the 90s? If you really think about it, is today the 90s? The kids seem to think so. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all, it's just, it's arbitrary anyway, right? I mean, it, <laughs> we it, make the rules. Yeah. Okay. So, Stairwell's uh, sophomore release, uh, Pacific Center Time. This was easy to find, I assume, because Stairwell's, you know, it's a band. There are places. Uh, no, this was not. Oh easy to find i think this was a casualty of takehold records getting bought oh. by tooth and nail and tra- stairwell didn't make the transfer so this album never got re-released and it is hard to find that is stupid but luckily for you dear listener we've <laughs> uploaded it to our youtube channel that's correct in whole and good quality yes you know usually we follow up here with like did this get played in youth group or are we getting preached at but i don't know that any of those questions really apply this time jay did you enjoy listening to this in college i don't know i mean yes but not in like (laughs) church group right yeah this was not played there but we're not getting preached at no we're not it's kind of one of those weird albums that i'll talk more about it later but just this kind of like why is this really even christian um is it christian We'll have that discussion, I think, in a few minutes. Was Take Hold Records Christian? I mean, yes, but they say they weren't. But then, like, all the artists pretty much were. It's a little bit like Tooth and Nail, like, we're not a Christian label, so, yeah, Yeah. come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, so before we get into the rest of the episode, I'm going to pause here and say, please visit our our patreon.com slash YMSU page to contribute and get extended episodes. Um, we also have there some extra stuff. Pretty soon going up over there is our uh, very first episode that Jay and I ever recorded that has never been released, where we go over the Insider's first album. Which Clifton claims is better than I thought. It, uh, not, not the album, our recording of it is better than I thought. Um, <laughs> it's not bad. So, yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Jay, well, tell us a little bit about Stairwell. So I had this whole thing typed up. And I was proud because I felt like I had to do some work to do this because Stairwell doesn't have, you know, there's not that much information. Yeah. Then I stumbled upon a German website that had an interview with them where they actually tell you the history of the band. So I'm going to (laughs) actually use that because I feel like that's going to be more accurate than the stuff I was trying to compile. You never know. Sometimes bands lie about themselves. You're right. And I'll I'll add in a little bit. But this is from Voice of Reason is the German website. And they still have this up with Stairwell. So this is from Sean Stopnik, the guitarist in the band. And here's what he said. The band started around 1996-ish 
And Stairwell started off as a three-piece with Tim Koval, drums, Neil Samoy. He had the original vocals and guitar and Dan Kelba bass. Sean said, I joined the band a year later and we started playing a lot of shows. About six months later, we brought in Kevin Chin to play violin and third guitar. By the way, Kevin Chin mm-hmm. had been in the Supertones. Kind of a weird jump, but um, yeah. yes. They said, we recorded an album with this lineup for a small startup label called No Compromise. We continued to play some shows and even did two mini tours. In the summer of 99, we went through some changes. Neil, Dan, and Kevin decided to pursue other things. So the band was left with only Tim and I, and I being Sean. We quickly, we quickly recruited Jonathan Caro, vocals and guitar, Zach Schultz, vocals and guitar, and Jonathan <laughs> Dean, bass. We started to work on new songs and signed a deal with Take Hold Records. In May of 2000, we recorded our debut full-length Pacific Standard Time and immediately left for our first national tour. All right. Yeah, and by the way, Sean Stopnick was in Bloodshed and Inner Means mm-hmm. prior to this. He was also in Rainy, Rainy Days. Sorry. Yeah. I know you won't me forget that. <laughs> also with Jonathan uh, Caro was in Bloodshed, mm-hmm. and he was actually in Rainy Days as well, just post that album. Yeah. So this has a lot of kind of, you know, we've already done Rainy Days, we've already done Bloodshed on the show, so this, you know, has some stuff from that. I, I do want to say that all the guy, almost all the guys, I think, in this band had been in something before so they're pretty experienced yeah. musicians i should say also zach schultz who you know plays guitar and does kind of backup vocals on this album was in a band called dear mr peterson i don't know much about them but i saw that so they're all pretty experienced you know musicians coming into this i will say that their first album they released i have not been able to hear it i can't find it anywhere but i think it's mm-hmm. more they said it's more of like an emo sound yeah and I think when Jonathan came in the band and became the main songwriter, they became more of kind of like a punk-influenced power-pop band. I don't know what you would call this album exactly. Mm-hmm. On the podcast called My Life in Notes, they interview Jonathan, and he talks about he'd been listening to a lot of The Promise Ring and Superchunk <laughs> at this time. So that kind of makes sense. They also mention Game Face on one of the things in comparison to that and Saves the Day. I think all those. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, the, it's pretty close to that kind of thing. So whatever you want to call that's pretty that that's where we are. Yeah. So so this is basically Stairwell 2.0. Right. First off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because when I was kind of going through my memories, I was thinking, you know, like this followed quickly on Promise Ring's very emergency, you know? Yeah. And it has that same kind of feel where it mixes a little bit of emo with like some power pop, guitar pop type stuff. And I kind of, I kind of explained it in my notes here as, as a mix between the promise ring around the time of very emergency with knapsack. Okay. The super chunk thing. The guitars are kind of those really thick guitars are very knapsackish to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. All right. So uh, when did you find this album, Jay? I was wondering that. I have yeah. really strong memories of this in the summer of 2000. Um, and mm-hmm. I looked at the release date and it said July, which means they turned this around really quickly, by the way, if they recorded so this fast. in May. But I went to Cornerstone that summer, and that seemed to be like Take Hold Records summer there, at mm-hmm. least for me, because they had a booth. They had just put out this, like, I think they even had this a little early there. They had 238s, Regulate the Chemicals, Narcissus, mm-hmm. New Wave Techno Homicide, Tantrum of the Muse, like all these bands that were really pretty cutting edge and doing really cool stuff. 
Yeah. They they had them there and Take Hold was kind of like the hot thing I felt like that summer. So I think I must have got it there. Okay. What about you? Yeah, and I can only assume that you told me about them. Probably because I would have brought it back so, like yeah. in the fall, you know, or just a month or two later, we probably were listening to it. Yeah. In college. Yeah, okay. What was your first impression with it? How did it, you know, did it how'd you feel about it at the time? I remember I liked it a lot because I listened to it a lot. Um, (laughs) I also liked all those bands we were mentioning as influences at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure there was part of me that was like, but these guys are Christian, you know? And so that kind (laughs) of like, oh, I can really like this because it's the same style, but it's safer or something. So, yeah. Do you have any fond memories of, uh, of this album or associate with the album? Uh, you know, we had them play at a show in our college town, actually. Yeah. And we were talking about this <laughs> before. Um, and Clifton and I booked a few shows, and this is when we booked. And so we were both like, man, I don't remember much of them playing. Nope. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, because I remember they were a good live band. Uh-huh. But I think it's probably because we were like manning the door and mm-hmm. doing all that stuff. I do remember they stayed with us. Yes. After that. that. And I remember, I think it was Sean talking about how much he liked the band Archers of Loaf because I think I had a mm-hmm. poster or a pennant or something. And so we spent yeah. time talking about that. And I remember being like, oh, that's so cool. And yeah. we kind of geeked out on that. So that's more my memory is hanging out with them afterwards than the show. Yeah, me too. But yeah. it was still a really good time. Yeah. I remember them at the house. I remember they grabbed someone's acoustic guitar and started playing around with it. And, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So we did that, and then I also have a memory of right after that, they played Wichita Falls, um, which is my hometown. And so my friend um, Justin booked them in in Wichita Falls, and so I went back and saw them a few days later, and that show I do remember. Okay, because <laughs> um, you weren't putting it on. Right. I was just there. <laughs> it was a very small show, though. And I remember one thing that really stands out to me is it isn't even about Stairwell, though. It's about the opening band. Because they they were kind of doing that quiet loud quiet loud thing, you know, where they'd go between like clean guitars and distorted guitars, but they were doing such a bad job of it because they would have like crystal clean cleans and then like this distortion that was like way too digital, and it really bugged me, and I had a hard time enjoying the band. <laughs> and that's also the show where I the story I told back on the rainy days episode where I met Sean right. um, in the Taco Bell. Yeah, so that's that is this incident right here. <laughs> Yeah. Before you went back and listened to it again, did any uh, songs stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, I knew Hearts and Chevys was the one that like right. I remembered for sure. And and when I replayed it, almost all of them came back to me, but that is me by too. far the one that stood out a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Pacific Center Time and Hearts and Chevys really stuck out to me, but then yeah, when I went back and played it, I just I knew every song yep. as it happened, you know. We so we obviously yeah. listened to it a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so before you did go back and listen to it, what were you, did you have any expectations? Like, what did you think you were getting yourself into here? I wasn't sure. Because this has been hard to find and access, I don't think I've listened to it since yeah. that time in my life. Hmm. So I assumed I would like it, because, like, you know, again, I remembered Hearts and Chevys and some of the songs, but didn't have many expectations beyond that. So I, I, have, I have heard this a little bit. In the intermediate years, I think I've mentioned before that I went back and made some comps from, because I lost all my comps that I made in, in college. And so I went back and like remade that time period in my life of comps. 
And so I pulled some songs I know from this album. But before I went back and listened to it, for this, I had a little bit of fear inside of me that I was going to find that it didn't really stand up to the passage of time, like it was going to be a little immature and cheesy, you know? But that's not what happened. It was a great surprise because it's kind of a great album. I mean, it's, 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 it, I, it's honestly probably better than I, I remember it being at the time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's super catchy. They yeah. were, they were really good at what they did. And it, it, you know, it's funny you mentioned the promise ring because it, it reminds me actually a little bit more of, um, something nothing, feels good. Yeah. Or nothing and, feels good. Sorry. And not because not necessarily sound wise, but because mm-hmm. the promise ring kind of did the same thing. Stairwell did, right? Like, kind of this upbeat, fast album that everybody likes, and then the next one is slowed down a little bit, and people aren't exactly sure how to take it. I'm kind of combining two Promise Ring albums, I, I understand. but but then, <laughs> Which one are you saying is the slow one and then which well, one is the Well, I'm just one? saying, so the one that Promise Ring, just in a side note, it seems like the one that everybody likes the most is Nothing Feels Good, right? That's right. kind of the favorite. And then yeah. there are two albums after that were just got slower, each album. You know, Did it? and I think people, very emergency is really popular. Yeah, it's pop. It's popular and it's slowed down a bit. And I think the bands both went that direction. And I think the fans weren't exactly sure what to do. Yeah. And then yeah. both kind of broke up. I mean, it, again, separate bands, but it reminded me of the same trend, like going in a more pop direction. And then everybody's like, what? I don't this. This is stairwell still. And then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Which Knapsack did the same thing, you know, they, 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 they moved more and more into popular things and away, and, and away from punk each album, you know, and then especially when they went, when they switched over to, uh, the jealous sound, jealous sound. So sorry. Thank you. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a trend with a lot of bands. Occasionally you'll hear a band that gets heavier and louder, mm-hmm. but it, it's rare. Yeah. All right. You ready to uh, dive into the album? Let's do it. All right. So the first song is Pacific Standard Time. It's kind of the perfect lead-off song. I mean, I know the album mm-hmm. is called that, but it, it just starts with that drum beat, mm-hmm. and then those guitar riffs come in, and I feel like you have to put that song at the beginning with just the way yeah. it starts. Sorry to interrupt you already, but the the drum beats have like this perfect like echo on them. Maybe it's just recorded in a really live room. I don't know, but it, it's just it's the perfect sound for them. Like, yeah, just immediately you're like, okay, this is well done. It's very bouncy mm-hmm. and upbeat, and you in the verses you kind of have a double snare hit, you know, mm-hmm. and so it it just it makes it bounce yeah. as it goes. I like how some of the lyrics in this follow the guitar like when he says mm. it's continental it's like with yeah send it with the riff closer to the night oh it's continental the way we share our traveling through this line if you ask me what the weather's like well i'm telling you it's just fine like yeah because the guitar is like i'm kind of going dun 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 right dun, 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 yeah dun, dun, yeah you got the background vocals on the chorus and it's just it's just a really nice song. Yeah. It, it it's not too long, it's catchy. And not just background vocals, but the the, the chorus is is kind of layered vocals, right? Mm-hmm. If you ask me what the weather's like, 
Yeah, and those, those layered vocals, I think, work great as vocals, but when we get into the lyrics, it also works perfect there because what's happening there is 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 the chorus is Pacific Standard Time, or, or actually it's life in Pacific Standard Time, mm-hmm. and what's being repeated in the background there is the background vocals kind of in that layer is It's Just Fine, which is actually a follow-on from when I tell you about the weather, I'll tell you that it's just fine, but the way it gets heard is Life in, in in Pacific Standard Time, it's just fine, and so it's it's uh it's kind of this neat um mashup thing when it happens, right? That that you know it kind of adds to the sadness of this song. <laughs> that's that's talking about someone living. That's talking about a significant other living far away, you know. And so life and in, in life over here on the West Coast is it's just fine right now because you're not here, you know. Yeah, yeah. They have three guitarists in the band, and so. Mm-hmm. And I have trouble picking out all three different guitars at once a lot yeah. of times, but they'll do stuff where they'll be kind of playing like, I don't know if it's octaves or harmonics or something, but, you know, mm-hmm. different riffs over it. Like yeah. they're not playing the same thing and they do that in a lot of the songs. And it, I, I really yeah. like that. And, and the guitar tone, and we should, we should bring up the fact that this is produced by uh, Luis Garcia from Plank Eye. Right. At the green room. At the green room. Yes. <laughs> Back to the good old days here. And uh, and the guitar tone is just gorgeous. Personally, I kind of like a thinner guitar for myself, but it's just this chewy, thick guitars. The 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 palm muting is thick. The the chords are thick, and it's just it brings about this kind of like this it this great wall of sound. You know, that's just that's just impossible to 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 not let it take over you. And, and it's, I don't know, it's just, I, I thought it was, I thought it was very, very nice. And, and maybe I'm thinking that when I listen to it, that sure, they've got three guitars, but maybe it's more like Pop Unknown. Do you remember seeing Pop Unknown live mm-hmm. where the lead singer really only played guitar every once in a while, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that makes more sense. On, on the My Life and Notes podcast, Jonathan kind of hinted at this album didn't sound the way he kind of thought it would like he said hmm. he kind of envisioned it sounding a little different so i don't know if that's what you're talking about with the guitar tones or something i agree yeah. i think it sounds they're just really full yeah. sounding and it it's really nice i, I don't know that the recording for that we get to that at the end maybe but the recording for this is really pretty good like it, it it's oh yeah it's not bad at all no i i was pretty impressed with it yeah so so this is the first time that I'm aware of, and I don't know if you know different, that Jonathan is fronting a band, right? Yeah, maybe a good point, because Bloodshed, he was not the front man, although maybe by that second EP, he was definitely yeah. writing more of it. He um, was writing more, but still, you know, um, Justice was writing the lyrics, and Sean is singing over in, in Bloodshed, you know, so no one's... Um, nope, Jason Fleetwood. But in this, he is fronting the band, singing, and writing the lyrics. Yeah. I'm just going to say it's a pretty big jump, I would think, unless he's been doing this in another band, which he might have, because these guys are always in like six bands, you know. But, yeah. 
and, but at least for the first publishing that we ever hear, I think this is this is pretty impressive to hear to hear uh, Jonathan or or Johnny X, I guess, as he gets to call in that interview. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, I think it's pretty impressive to hear Jonathan, you know, come out. These his his vocals are great. The lyrics, I think. Let, let's just dig into lyrics. Are you, are you ready to do that? Yeah, I want to say one thing before that. One thing that you hear a lot on this album is. And I think this is kind of a little bit of maturity in songwriting. He, how do I say this? Like the way he fits the lyrics to the music, he mm-hmm. he's not afraid to kind of like, you can still understand what he's saying. That's not a problem, but he's not afraid to kind of, you know, stretch it, push it together, mm-hmm. like however he needs to, to really fit the song. And I noticed sometimes when I was just reading the lyrics without listening to it, Mm-hmm. I almost had a different impression of the song. Me too. Because yeah, he's he's got a real sense for melody, is what I guess mm-hmm. I'm trying to say with this. And so he he makes those lyrics work to get that melody across. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the songs sound pretty mature, especially considering he just jumped in, and this is the first album with him as a main songwriter. Yeah, and I I agree with that perception of yours because you know listening to this all over back in the day and even today, the lyrics always made perfect sense to me from what I heard. Yeah. And then a lot of times when we look at the lyrics for the show, I'll just read them the first time without the music, without the song playing. And I tried to do that here and I had to go, no, this isn't working for me because like, I just, I couldn't get it. Like, even though I know, th- I know this song, right. Yeah. I still had to go back and turn the song on to, to read the lyrics. And, and it's a different experience to read the lyrics along with the song than it is to just listen to the song. But I'm not, there's nothing taken away there. It's not like we're saying, oh, he really shut those lyrics in here. No, he just. He did a great job of, of making of making rhythm and making melody and all that kind of stuff out of this. You're right. Right. So let's talk lyrics. Yeah, do it. There are a few on this album I was kind of like, I don't know what he's talking about, but this one <laughs> seems pretty clear, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. his, I'm assuming girlfriend, is three hours away on the East mm-hmm. Coast. He's three, three, three time zones away. Three time, yes. Well, he starts <laughs> with your eyes open three hours before me. Yeah. Um. So it's just kind of about her being there. He's here. There's another song with this topic too, later in the album. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be okay with this, but I'm not really. And like you said, Mm -hmm. it's just fine. Like I keep telling myself this, uh, hopefully, hopefully it will be fine. That kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and this, this one's kind of an introduction to this topic, whereas the other song with this on the same subject really digs in some more, I think. Yeah. But this one is basically him just talking about how hard it's, it's him not talking about how hard it is. Maybe that's the right way to say this, (laughs) him avoiding the subject of how hard it is to, to live on the, on, you know, the other coast from uh, his significant other. Yeah. Yeah. My now wife, and I spent a year apart during grad school. I was in Philadelphia and she was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, I guess, flipped perspectives of the song. Yeah. So I can definitely relate to this because while it's only a three hour time difference, I mean, it's not like you're calling like, you know, Europe or Asia or something. You'd be surprised how difficult three hours can make communication mm-hmm. sometimes because somebody's still in work or school oh, yeah. like we were at the time when you're trying to call and then everyone's going to bed or it's not awake yet. And it, mm-hmm. It's not easy, so I understand, you know, kind of what he's going through on this album. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, I was just listening to a podcast the other day where one of the hosts was in the East Coast and one of the hosts was on the West Coast. So there's a three hour difference between them, and so literally they were recording at noon for one person and nine a.m. for the other person. And I was like, man, I'd hate to be the nine a.m. person because my brain would not be working yet. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not easy. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I understand where he's coming from here. Yeah, and I know when we when when I was introduced to this album, I had actually just gotten out of a long distance relationship, you know, living in College Station and um, dating someone from my hometown. And so I, this 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 this, this even though it's, that's only it's in the same same time zone, you know, it's still hard to you know make something work with the with someone who is far away, you know, because, because, and I think this gets in, the other song gets into this more where he says, um, you, you, you basically like you're, you're, you're still living a very, you know, we're both living very full lives. Right. And so when we're not doing stuff together, it's hard to make different time for each other. Right. Yeah. 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 So it is, it is a difficult thing. I, th- I think, and I think this is a very, this is a very interesting, but also, you know, sympathetic, perspective on on that long distance relationship and it's it's straightforward but i think they're they're good solid lyrics and and it gives us a great song Mm -hmm. it is a really good song yeah all right let's move on here to hearts and chevys well this comes straight like it goes straight into it from the last (laughs) song because it starts immediately with the vocals and the guitar and then the rest of the band kind of comes in with this driving beat this style is overrated couldn't you tell to never forgive and forget our friendship fell I know I'll take this seriously and make this last Not to ponder into what we call what we call And I'll say I love when albums do this, like they just do not slow down. Like, mm-hmm. you know, first couple of songs, just boom, boom, boom. Um, not that you're going to, you're not going to be confused and think it's the same song, but it's just like, Right. You know, from one to the next. I think this is the catchiest song on the album. I mean, I already talked about yeah. it. It's the one I remembered the most. It just yeah. works really well. Mm-hmm. It's it's even got like it's got the chorus, hearts and Chevys, but it's even kind of got a pre-chorus, like yeah. what will happen next? I have to know. You know, all that's that and that's almost just as catchy as the chorus. What will happen next? I have to know in this time. This whole thing is just full of hooks. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I, this I think on this song is really where it hit me how much I love the palm muting through this thing because they they use it in a very similar way that Knapsack does where where it kind of it kind of gives you another layer of guitar that's going on in a very in a very different tone and they have the other guitars kind of layering over that and it's just it, it it gives you this very full and very rich set of melodies you know that are coming together to form more than their constituent parts the drumming on this is very simple but it has like these great like bursts of energy right cuz like as you said this is like just one one upbeat song to another upbeat song, right? And 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 even though the drums are simple, it has these great bursts of energy, you know, when when it when it needs to. And so I I think the drummer really is owed. You know, we we've listened to things before where the drummer's trying too hard, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and especially on um, you know, when we uh, for the last episode, listen to Julie's, listening to January for the, to that EP, the drummer was definitely trying too hard and almost got distracting at some points. And it also, I think it also came up during the Slick Shoes EP where it's it's easy to do too much as a drummer and it's easy to do not enough as a drummer and so having that right balance takes a real a real keen ear and knowing when to put those those bursts and those those fills in 
And it just, I don't know, the whole thing was just, just came together and just was, was, you know, it's exciting, it's poppy, it's melodic, you know, it's just, yeah. He does do a drum fill on the bridge, yeah. but it works. Yeah, because I was, <laughs> I realized, I was like, oh man, drum fill right there. But for some reason, it's okay. <laughs> I don't usually love those, but it works yeah. where it is. And then towards the end of the song, we get this great moment where they just kind of, where, where, especially Jonathan kind of just, just lets go with the vocals here. Where it gets a little higher. I really like that that there at the end, you know, with the two vocals going back and forth to the, you know, Hearts and Chevy's never mentioned that much to me, and this time, let me go. It is. A, it's a nice ending. It's like pretty much a perfect song. It's, it is. It, I mean, it's so great. Yeah. And this really is, great. as you said, you know, this is kind of the one that stuck with me over the years. And this, I think it's this song that gave me the fear that it was going to be too saccharine of an album, you know, but it's, it's really not. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you're, you're right. I mean, this, this gets close to that, right? Yeah. At moments, you're like, eh, it's pushing it, but it's it's a catchy, really good <laughs> but, song. And this, to me, this is what I would call like power pop, right? Like, right. It's yeah. a very poppy, catchy song, but it's got mm-hmm. enough of that kind of distorted guitar and edge yeah. to it that it's. And, it, it's, and I, yeah, I it, also think that the lyrics kind of bring us some meat, you know. So it's not just we're not just filling up on sugar here, you know. We got we got some real nutrition there in, in the lyrics, even though I think when we dive into it here in a second, that this is going to be some of the hardest lyrics that we're going to talk about to figure out what they're talking about. <laughs> well, let's, if you're ready, let's do yeah. that because I, this, I was just scratching my head. I, I, here's my notes. I said, what is this about a friendship, a relationship? He says friendship, but based on the context right. of the rest of the album, it seems like it could be a relationship. Yeah. I have no idea what he means. I mean, I know what a heart is. I know what a Chevy is, but like, what is he? I, I, I don't <laughs> get the reference. I guess. Yeah, I know. I know. My 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 notes are I don't know what hearts and Chevys means, but I'll be on my deathbed with this goddamn catchy chorus echoing through my head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's true. <laughs> it's true. And it's it's like it's again, it's words that you know. Like it's not yeah. it's not some vocabulary you don't know, but I just have no idea what he's talking about. But I can yeah. sing along with it and enjoy yep. it. So <laughs> there we go. Yep. Yeah, and, and and as you said, you know, it, it does seem to you know talk about you know the the first uh, couple lines here is this style is overrated, couldn't you tell? To never forgive and forget our friendship fell. I know I'll take this seriously and make this last, not to ponder into what we call the past. Yeah, I don't know, right? I mean, so it may, it's very weird to me to say to never forgive and forget our friendship fell. But then to say, I'll take this seriously and make this last. What do you make? Are you making the unforgiveness last? I don't know what's. <laughs> but then not to ponder into what we call the past seems to me to be like, well, I'm not going to hold on to the, to the failures of the past too hard. Right. Right. So I don't know. But, you know, the way it's presented in the song, it seems very emotional. It seems very kind of heartbroken, you know, does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And again, you'll find this in this album. You'll kind of have other little parts that you'll want to sing along to. Like in the lyrics mm-hmm. you read, it said, 
I know I'll take this seriously. Like the way he says it seriously, like the way he kind of mm-hmm. sings it, you, you get hung up, or at least me on certain words <laughs> and certain lines in it. Um, so again, when you read the lyrics, you're like, Oh yeah, he says all that. And I heard him say that, but the way he said it, he emphasizes certain parts that obviously when you're just looking at the lyrics are not emphasized. And I still, I have no idea what this is about. It seems some, you know, he's moving past some old relationship, but I can't tell if he regrets it or if he's happy because it kind of goes both ways, but yeah, I agree. Sorry. I was just reading over some of the lyrics and, and, and the, his, his rhythm was getting into my head. (laughs) I know. I know you kind of do that when you read them. Cause he, again, it, it's pretty mature songwriting. It's, it's very, very catchy. Yeah. Like the last, the last, uh, the last couple lines here are, are careless days. Now they'll catch up with me, but he, it's, it's careless days. Now they'll catch up with me anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you kind of focus on other part and then he says, but reminders with the strength and the strength to talk is what I would always catch. Yeah. The other parts and like, eh, yeah, you know, so yeah, it's all right now. We are breathing. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Okay. moving on. Let's, let's move on to the third song. This involves us now. Yeah. This one changes it up. I mean, it's still pretty upbeat, but it, it's not driving like through the first two. Like it yeah. doesn't just start immediately. It's got a drum beat. Everyone comes in and it's a little bit, almost like a little bit jammy at the beginning. These kind of distorted guitars. <laughs> then you get the riffs and the one guitar kind of playing higher than the other one. But for mm-hmm. first, I don't know, five seconds or so, it's a little, a little different. It kind of changes up the rhythm of the album. Like it's not just pushing through. It's different, but but I still felt like it was just a, a really strong opening that was still just taking us into just just you know just rocking out still. Yeah, the vocals come in and it's just over the drum and bass at first um, before the guitars kind of come in at the end of the verses. And again, it's another catchy one. I don't think it's as catchy probably as even the first two. Mm-hmm. But the chorus is kind of courage to my brother. The worst is yet to arrive. We will not fall. talk about the lyrics of this in a minute because i remember scratching my head going like it's actually more <laughs> negative than i that song sounds so upbeat yeah. but then when you read the lyrics you're like oh this is, this is even more <laughs> negative but yeah it it's another catchy upbeat song yeah even though it, i don't you're, you're i think you're right it's not as catchy as the first two but it has like three parts to the song that has a pre-chorus a chorus and a bridge that all get repeated and all like could easily be the catchiest song on a chorus for the best band in most towns, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> true, true. If this was like your friend's band that you were watching at the bar or something, you'd be like, shit, yeah. this is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they just had one of those pieces as, as a chorus to a song, you know, yeah. and they, and there's three of them in this song. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want you want to jump into the lyrics here? Yeah. So, I mean, I can just read part of it. It's not very long. It's this fighting yeah. from strength to will. It doesn't matter now. Hold your, hold your head on honor's hill. 
This involves us now, all in all, short or tall, we will not fall. And he says, war is the worst of all. Fear will make you brave. Courage to my brother. And this is the part, the worst is yet to arrive. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> the worst is yet to arrive. But then at the end, he says, we will not fall. That's what matters anyhow. This one I was kind of scratching my head on. So I, I want to I read the part that you skipped because to me, it, that's kind of the key to the song. Okay, maybe. sorry. Which is it's just two lines. It's there are reasons for your tremble. They're not there by mistake. We will not fall. That's what matters anyhow. Is this a Christian song? This is the one that would seem the most Christian. I agree. Right? And especially <laughs> when you hear it, I even put this in my notes. I said, when you hear it and not just read it, it almost sounds more Christian because the way he sings, we will not fall courage to my brother. Like that's the part mm -hmm. that really gets stuck in your head. And anytime we're talking about brothers, come on, it's probably going to be Christian. <laughs> And especially, we will not fall. We will you not know. fall, right? They're not talking about literally falling down. Mm -hmm. I, I did, so, but when he said, fear will make you brave, I'm going to strongly disagree with this. Uh, I don't <laughs> think fear makes you brave, or at least fear of what? Like, right. Because I'm going to be honest, you know, if someone's pointing a gun at my head, I'm probably not going to be, well, unless you consider this brave, I don't think so. I'm not going to be brave. I'm probably not going to, like, attack him i'm probably just going to try to run like hell and not die <laughs> same thing as if a tornado is coming at my house or like i don't know there's certain things where you're like fear just makes you want to get away doesn't necessarily so, make you brave it's very interesting because that's not the interpretation i took from this although i think yours is a very plain reading of the of the line <laughs> thank you <laughs> i kind of saw it as fear will make you brave and i kind of had two thoughts on what that could mean either number one being in the presence of fear gives you the ability to be brave because you're not going to be brave at a time where you're not not being afraid. Oh, is it is it even can you be brave if you're not afraid? Like if you're not afraid saying. of anything. Is bravery even possible? Because, That's what I'm whoa, saying. Fear will make Clifton. you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's not so much that fear will make you brave, so so much as fear will give you the opportunity to be brave. Or number two, that facing fear over and over does make you brave it actually does you know strengthen your your inner core that's right? true like i don't like public speaking but i've done it enough over the past few years that i'm exactly. much better at it so true yeah. all right fair i don't know those are my kind of my two readings of it i'm not sure which one's right because I'm, I'm having a little bit of hard time interpreting the song i think pretty clearly it's just it's a, this is about going through the hard time and trying not to fall you know? yeah I do like that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bad time, but the worst is yet to arrive. <laughs> right. I know. You're like, oh, and it doesn't. And that when you're hearing it, it sounds so catchy that you kind of miss what's being said. I mean, you hear yeah. it, but it just doesn't <laughs> hit you until you read it. And you think, oh, I do. Let, let, let's pretend for a second that this is kind of more Christian lyrics. Mm -hmm. I do think you see in this something that you see a lot in other things and that they're kind of using like war analogies. Mm hmm fighting he just starts off fighting from strength to will he talks about hold your head on honors hill mm -hmm. he even says war is the worst of all it will make you brave so it, there's a real tendency to do to use like war language in christian songs which i would argue is problematic because it kind of makes i don't know you we talked a little bit about like militant christianity and stuff and yeah. i feel like this just kind of not saying he did it in the songs we don't know but <laughs> <laughs> in general, when you see that kind of stuff, I think it just kind of helps promote this very 
don't know if you'd say violent, but just kind of ma- almost like macho mm-hmm. type thing. And yeah, I don't think that leads us to good places. But again, not saying Jonathan's doing it here. It's not clear enough, but you do see that tendency with a lot of Christian stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it feeds into two different things. I think it feeds into a toxic masculinity, and it also feeds into just like literally like wanting to fight wars all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you yeah. especially when when the people who are wanting them aren't the people fighting them. Exactly. Yeah. Amen to that. If I can say amen, because yeah. I think like <laughs> that's so true, and you will see usually the most. I don't even know if I like using the word patriotic for this, but we'll say usually the most patriotic and kind of pro-military people mm-hmm. are Christians, which I scratch my head at sometimes because I think if you really take Jesus's words literally, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it'd be hard not to be a pacifist, you know, when you really look at what's being said. And so mm-hmm. that, I mean, again, this is probably a topic for another podcast, but it's just, <laughs> yeah. I, I always I wonder about I would that. tend I would tend to agree with you. But I think, you know, that, that uh what's that book that you just got done reading? Guaranteed Pure, is that what it's called? Yeah. You know, talking about, you know, how economic conservatives made a huge effort to win the uh evangelical Christianity over to to their to their side, you know, and and as that happened, we ended up with this like semi-fascist nationalistic kind of thing going on you know where all of a sudden it's it's a it's a it's a contest to see who can be more mindlessly patriotic you know (laughs) i think mindlessly patriotic is a good way to put it because that support it no matter what you're like yeah but sometimes a lot of times they're not doing things that we should support no support them anyway we're we're way off because i don't know that he's saying that in this but um (laughs) Um, yeah, maybe we should go to the next song. <laughs> All right. So we're going to skip track four and go to uh, number five here, View from the Heights. I do like track four. I like what he said. Yeah. He starts, this is for my comrades. I do like the mm-hmm. that that line and stuff, but we can't do them all. So. No. Like, and like we're going to skip from the song. There There's so many good songs in this album. They're all pretty catchy. Yeah. View from the Heights. I even put my notes. I said, do you think this will be the first slow song on the album? Because it mm-hmm. starts with the vocals kind of over one guitar. Seems a little bit slower, mm-hmm. but then the whole band comes in and it's still really upbeat. There can't be a better time to put love in the spotlight. Well, last month has passed, and I feel that this is my last chance to shape my love into words so I speak to you. And to say at least I said I was thinking of. This is the one that has more of that theme from Pacific Standard Time of, you know, being in different time zones, being apart. The chorus is, wish you were in my arms tonight, you're living the East Coast life, and it's cold at night. And it's, the chorus is sung with the main vocalist, and then I'm guessing it's Zach comes in behind it and sings the same thing, just kind of echoing it. Country, away. Wish you were my arms tonight. 
you know, and this is the longest song on the album at four minutes and 39 seconds. Uh, so they're all pretty short. This is the longest one. And it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty repetitive, honestly. That chorus just goes on and on and on. <laughs> Slows down a little bit for, you know, for the bridge, but then it just comes back, continues to repeat the chorus. And it's one of those that actually has a fade out at the end because the chorus just keeps getting repeated over and yeah, over. Yeah, that was one of my big notes on this. Fade out? What the hell? Yeah, I know. It's been a while <laughs> since you've heard one of those, right? Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, I I don't know. You want to say anything else about the music before I do the lyrics? I, I, for the for the intro, I I want to point out here that one this is one time when we don't have really thick electric guitars. The the intro palm you did on this song is kind of a a, a thinner uh, electric guitar, so that when the uh, the other instruments come in, it, make, it makes a really a really big hit. And when the other instruments come in, we also get these really great drum fills. Let, let's listen to that. The last month has passed, and I feel that this is my last chance to shape my love into what someone speaks to you. And to say at least I said I was thinking of you. Yeah, I really enjoy that. There's just like several measures worth of drum fills in, in a row there. Right. So, really brings it there. And then we're going to skip, skip a little bit here towards the end of the first chorus. It's kind of a lot about the lyrics, too, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to play a moment here that where we kind of get the very end of, I think it's one of the verses or the chorus, I can't remember here, but it's, it's the still across country, that thing, yeah. you know, which is a great just, obviously it's, it's good lyrics, and then it's also just great presentation of them. But then we're going to go into the second verse where we have these really great layered guitars. So I think there you can really hear the three different guitars. In fact, two of them are palm muting. One of them is palm muting more just on like the bass strings of 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 the of the chord that's being played, and one's being one's palm muting more with mids, and the other one's doing kind of all the tinkly stuff on top of it. There, this happens throughout the album, but I thought that was just a really good example of of uh, you know the the use of those thick guitars to to really bring some bring about something beautiful. This is another one where he definitely. It's not afraid to kind of play around with just the words and the melody. You know, like that right. part you played that last month has passed, and I feel that this is my last chance to shape my love into a word so it speaks to you. You know, he says it faster there to kind of yeah. fit the melody. I like it later in the song where he says, I'm over here, I'm over here, she's over there, she's over... You know, you've just got these really bouncy, mm-hmm. catchy parts. Why makes it tough to just say goodbye? I'm over here, I'm over here, she's over there, she's over there. and still there remains lots of care. I'm just counting the days where I can see you again. And then I do want to mention that, you know, we've talked about that this is, and we'll talk about it a little more here in the lyric when we get into the lyrics, but this is a follow-on, I think, you know, thematically from from Pacific Center Time, and we even get a, a little bit of that here in the lyrics. Pacific Standard 
coast life and it's cold at night. I really love that. Still a cross country away too. Mm-hmm. It's just the delivery there is. This is the one where the other, the, the first song Pacific Standard Time is very much about like kind of pretending like you're not dealing with it. And this is the one where it really hits home, you know? And, yeah. And, and this is, this is the one that has all the feels, I think. <laughs> this is, I'm curious if you agree. This is, um, when you read the lyrics on this, it seems a little cheesy, a little yeah. kind of love story cheesy. But when you, again, when you hear it, it comes across better. <laughs> With the music, it doesn't seem as cheesy as they seem when I'm just looking at them right here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, if you just, I'm just going to read the first couple lines here, and it, does, it is really cheesy. There can't be a better time to put my love in the spotlight. Last month has passed, and I feel that this is my last chance to shape my love into words so it speaks to you and to say at least I said I was thinking of you, which is a very weird run-on sentence. You're in a far, far place, keeping a steady pace. You still got a lot to say, still a cross country away. Anyways, that that's that part there. You're 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 in a far, far place, keeping a steady pace. That part where you know, when you're not living life together, it's hard to find time for each other because you know you're not doing those things together. So you're still doing a lot, but you know. Yeah, and it's easy to feel like you're growing apart. And he says in yeah. there, um, "Is it really true that time apart makes the heart grow fonder?" Mm. You know. I think yeah. you can feel like that's definitely not. Yeah, because when you're when you're not, especially for a young relationship, you know, when you're when you're not doing those things together, sometimes time apart is just out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, let's move on to this is the last one we're going to cover, and there's so there's other great songs here, guys. Don't don't not listen to the rest of the album because we didn't cover it. But the, the, the others, the songs in between here are great. But we're going to move on to a little bit of different one here, track nine, "Don't Let It End," which I'm going to say. On the album packaging, it says Don't Let In End, which makes no sense. But the song is called Don't Let It End. Yeah, I okay, since we mentioned it, there's also why Hearts and Chevys, why does Chevys have an apostrophe yeah, S? <laughs> um, sorry, as a teacher, I was like, mm, no. So there are a couple of errors on the packaging. but Some people yeah. don't know how to make things uh, uh, plural. Yeah, I know. We overcomplicate things. Um, <laughs> It's can I just say on a side note, okay, this is completely unrelated, but I'm gonna do it. It's like when people say myself when they should just say me. Please, mm-hmm. everyone. Myself is reflexive. You say like I gave it to myself. <laughs> That's the only right. time you use it. Okay? You can just say me. It's okay to say me. It's not wrong. Okay? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's not just it's not informal. Yeah, I think people think it sounds fancier if they say myself, and mm-hmm. it just is actually wrong. But anyway, I'm going to let it go. Sorry. <laughs> so don't let it end. This is the slow song on the album. Mm-hmm. It was written by Neil, who used to be the singer before Jonathan came in, but they kept the song around, and it was on 50 Years Too Late as well. Neil, by the way, went on to be in Stavesaker, and I think that's why he left the band according to Jonathan on that podcast, because it was just, he couldn't do both. And Stave Saker was like, dude, you got to choose. It's like, all right. But it's a good song, mm-hmm. you know? And I, Clifton, is it acoustic guitar at the beginning or is it just? Yeah. I, I'm tell. pretty sure it's an acoustic guitar. Okay. Yeah. See, it's that, it's that percussive part of it that makes me think it's acoustic. Yeah. And the way that one drone note hangs on there. 
it should be pretty obvious from that just that right there that this is definitely the slower song on the album and i'm gonna be honest normally and clifton knows this i usually hate these songs on these albums i usually skip the slow <laughs> one like i don't have time for this i want the upbeat songs but honestly this one is pretty good and it yeah again it to me it walks that line it could easily get pretty cheesy but for some reason it manages not to mm-hmm. i like it quite a bit yeah I I don't think it's Jonathan singing on this, by the way. I thought it sounds a lot like him. Now, the next song is Zach singing, and that's definitely a different voice. But yeah, let's listen here. I mean, and there are two voices on this, you know, but I don't think I don't think Jonathan's doing the main vocals here. Right here, we have the layered vocals and and layered electric guitars, all kind of stuff. sure it's him there but either way this is a way more as you said coming from the first album this is a way more emo song right yeah um in fact i want to play us go still go ahead no i i noticed the section you played i would call that the bridge and i think this Mm -hmm. is a weird song because i think the bridge is actually better than the chorus Mm -hmm. the chorus to me is that part that says keep it outside in the cold Mm -hmm. and you know me i'm two steps ahead that part which is fine but the song really hits its peak in the bridge and that it's kind of where it seems really like kind of soaring and just builds, 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 mm-hmm. Just none of their other songs have that. Yeah. It's a very different style song because the rest of their songs yeah. don't build like and this. I th- and I think a lot of emo songs from this time period that did that thing, did that where the bridge is kind of, is the big payoff for the song. Right. right. So listen to this part here and I want to propose something to you after listening. <laughs> this is gonna be you could just say this is generic but it reminds me a little bit of that first juliana theory album oh for sure yeah, yeah definitely i think you can definitely see that in this yeah especially with the acoustic guitar in there you know because they had a couple songs where they where they brought acoustic guitar in but yeah all right anything you want to talk about with the lyrics here i just have in my notes clifton what is this about <laughs> don't know i mean it's a super sad song yeah so, and so here's my question. Okay, so the, the, I'll, I'll read the first couple of lines here because I think this is kind of the thesis of the song. Change is all the same. Change is all the same. It makes no difference who you want to be. It feels the same. Change is all the same. Change is all the same. It makes no difference where you want to be. It finds its way. And then it goes into the chorus. It keeps it outside in the cold. You know me, I'm two steps ahead. So is this saying that change is all the same as in all change is hard? Or change is all the same as in change isn't real. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of just took it as like 
change happens. Okay. Yeah. No, no matter what. I hope that's what it is, because if not, it's a sadder song to me with the other interpretation. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's like a heartbreaking. So anyways, yeah. I, I I think that's how I take it too. Just saying, you know that that no matter when you're going through it or why you're going through it, change is hard. Yeah. And it's inevitable. Yeah, I, the inevitability of it. What I kind of took from it. And the only reason I came up with the other interpretation is because I have I have a a friend from from my hometown who who has expressed to me on more than one occasion that he doesn't believe that anyone changes. I'm just like, God damn, that's such a <laughs> dark. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just... Yeah. As someone who feels like he's changed a lot, I, yeah, yeah I disagree. <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> then again, you do run into people sometimes and you're like, ah, oh, shit, you yeah. haven't changed at all. So especially when they're still in your hometown. <laughs> uh huh. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I would agree with that. All right, Jay, overall, what do you think? Yeah, it's very good. It's very catchy. It's kind of a great album, and it's really a pity Mm -hmm. that it's not easier to find now. I agree. I don't... So they released an album after this, actually on Hopeless Mm -hmm. Records, but that album was actually recorded for Take Hold, and I think did have a tiny Take Hold release, but then got re-released by Hopeless. Okay. And I don't know... Well, I'm kind of getting into the where are we now, but I don't know why they didn't continue after that. I assume mm-hmm. Hopeless didn't sign them just to re-release an album. I'm assuming they were going to be doing <laughs> more, but for some reason it it didn't work out. But I, I'm saying all that to say I wish they had re-released this one as well, because it would be yeah. easier to find now. And this one, I imagine, is most people's favorites, if they had a favorite stereo. You think so? For me, it's Every time is. I see someone talk about Stairwell on Facebook, they're always talking about the next album. Oh. I cannot get into the next one as much. I tried. I just like the upbeatness on this one so much mm-hmm. and kind of the power pop that the next one, Jonathan talked about they were listening to a lot of Third Eye Blind when they recorded it. So it and it makes more sense knowing that, but it just, hmm. I don't know. That's weird. I okay. like this more. But but getting back to this, yeah. here here's kind of my thoughts, and I'm curious what you think on this. Were they a Christian band? Does that question even matter? And the more I think about this, the more I think this is kind of a good example of a change that was kind of mm-hmm. happening around this time in the Christian scene. It's exactly, yeah. Yeah, because well, part of this, to be fair, is most of the members of this band, as we talked about, had been in previous Christian bands. Mm-hmm. And I think as time went on and they probably grew up a little bit and their musical styles evolved, they focused less on God in the lyrics, which is fine. But I think when you've come from that scene, mm-hmm. it might be a little hard to get out of it. You know what I mean? At this point, that yeah. the scene has really grown and it's an actual scene, and you've come up in it and all these other bands, and now you're doing this band that's not really Christian. It's just kind of fun. Yeah. Uh-oh. Like, how do I get out <laughs> of it? I mean, even on, again, that interview with Jonathan, he said basically, at least in his memory, he thinks that Take Hold, Chad from Take Hold basically heard that, oh, you had members of Bloodshed? I love Bloodshed. I'll sign you. <laughs> he said like he hadn't even heard them yet, Yeah, which seems crazy to me. I just want to sign it. So again, it's that kind of legacy from being in those bands. Just to read you from that German website, 
a description from Tim. He said, our overall sound we'd like to characterize as just catchy, fun, and slightly interesting rock and roll. The lyrics are about life and relationships and frustrations about things and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing too political, nothing too spiritual. And so I guess I wonder if they'd been on maybe a different label and been able to escape from this, which I think they were trying to do when they mm-hmm. got a hopeless, if they would have been bigger and if it would have, I don't know, been better for them. I don't see, I mean, with this album, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't, why they couldn't. There's, there's nothing holding this album back. It's, it's great songs. It's catchy. You know, to give my overall real fast, you know, I, and I've kind of said it here, you know, where I think, you know, it's, this could easily be a two saccharine album, but luckily we have a lot of meat here with the lyrics and the, and really good guitars and all that kind of stuff, you know? And honestly, listening to this critically, I kind of enjoyed it more than I, than I, than I did just listening to it. Wow. Passively. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's, when you really dig into it, there's a lot of meat here, you know? It's just a really good album. I also think that you're right where in saying that this is a perfect example of that time right around 2000 where is this a Christian band or not? All of a sudden, start, it doesn't matter for some reason. Yeah. You know, because we've seen this big push away from, uh, from this is a Christian band to we're Christians in a band, you know? And this is a, this is like this little break, and all of a sudden, it's not even a conversation anymore. And it's it's hard for me to think about because you know we, you know, being the exact year that we were, that you know going to college and being exposed to a whole new world of music, where kind of that question didn't matter anymore, anyways, because it's just a much bigger world of 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 things to find, you know, because you have so many different people coming together into one spot, you know, and your worldviews expanded like that. So it's hard for me to understand if there was a sharp change there around 99, 2000, where all of a sudden that question really just didn't matter anymore, or if it was just my change of perspective going from sheltered in my hometown to all of a sudden having an expanded worldview, you know? I think it was probably more you if you just take that time, but I think overall that was a trend that was happening. And I think, unfortunately, I think it kind of shortchanged a lot of the bands because I think Mm -hmm. they were getting criticism from both sides. So like the Christian scene, you're not Christian enough, but I think the regular scene, there was still that skepticism like, oh, you're on a Christian label. Oh God, not another one of these (laughs) bands. And so I think bands probably got a little trapped, even bands who were really good because they couldn't, it was difficult to break out of that. I think you did see that eventually change with like, I mean, look at like under oath and stuff later becomes huge. But I think if you hadn't had bands like this and I realized that under oath was actually around at this time, they were on take hold at the time. Yeah. Sounded very different, but, (laughs) um, but I think it just took a while for that to happen. And I think now, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't really keep up with like current bands on tooth and nail and stuff. But I think now when you really look at, Christian music, it's mostly just worship music for the most right. part. And and the there doesn't really seem to be a line anymore between the two overall. I mean, there's not really even Christian bookstores anymore to kind of give you that little fence around what it is, you know? Yeah, the market as we knew it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. I think this 99-2000 area is also really important because that's kind of like when Amazon showed up and all of a sudden when like eBay got really big and you could start to like buy albums more easily over the internet, you know, and, and you could do you could do that before, but largely you were counting on mail order. Like, you know, like 
Yeah, you get a catalog exactly. send off or something. Yeah. Right. You know, and right. so I think there's just this really quick thing that happens that kind of blurred these that it's several factors, right? It's the internet. It's the fact that we've there already there's already been this push from we're just Christians in a band, you know. I think there's just a lot of things that came together at the same time where that wall between Christian music and not Christian music got broken down right around here. Yeah, and I think a lot of the artists that we've covered have pushed the boundaries Correct. so much yeah. that that's kind of building that too. I mean, I was honestly thinking, but we just did the Julies. In a way, I think the Julies were kind of like this in that, you know, didn't didn't they form at a Christian college? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, they're coming up in this scene, you know, whether you want to admit it or not. Right. And so then they form a band that's not explicitly Christian, but it was hard to like get out of that, right? right? So you signed a Flying Tart versus signing to merge or matador or whatever mm-hmm. and it just it's probably pretty limiting um speaking of merge if this album was on merge i think it could right be i mean if this had been on a revelation or any of those yeah. uh, those labels at the time that like kind of fit more of this yeah i think it would have been pretty big yeah i don't know if it would have fit in with with jade with a with a deep elm i could have fit in with jade tree a little bit you know right but I th- there's there's yeah if if it hadn't been if it had been on a, on something that would have given it a more widespread release, there's nothing holding this album back, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it, it would have been much bigger. Yeah. What do you think of the artwork? Uh, <laughs> I don't love it now. I'm going to be either. honest. I think it really <laughs> fits with the time, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? There was, so there's a shift, because they were one of these bands, like a bunch of them. I would say, I'd say Branson actually kind of falls yeah. in this, too, that like, when they started were more emo and mm-hmm. then kind of became more rock and roll. And mm-hmm. this was a style you put stars on everything. We talked <laughs> about game face, that band and one of their logos has a star in it, like very clean lines. And I think it kind of reflected the way the music changed too, mm-hmm. right? Like the bands went more straight up rock and roll. And that's also just reflected in the artwork instead of being yeah. this weird, like cursive, you know, obscure stuff. It got really <laughs> clean and really straight ahead. Yeah, like I remember that my early comps in high, in college were called were, were were called the rock star comps, you know. Right, exactly. It yeah. was just kind of like that was the thing you wanted to be a rock star, straight up rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, look at Squad Five O. I mean, so exactly. many I was bands, about to bring like, them up. Yeah, so many bands shifted <laughs> into that. Yeah, thing. So it was weird. It was like emo. Late nineties emo seemed to peak, and then it was kind of like, oh, this isn't cool anymore. We need to do mm-hmm. straight rock i don't know it's really yeah. kind of this weird shift that happened very quickly yeah i agree yeah but it happened in the, in a weird like sub because it didn't happen to to promise ring you know it didn't happen like well I, maybe i should say that all of the original 90s emo bands were kind of coming gone by the time we got to this exactly and so it was yeah. kind of the second wave the follower ons you know right of the 90s because we were still in the 90s you know but it wasn't yeah yeah, like Minerals not around, like all these Sunny Day, you right. know, all these bands. I guess Sunny Day was sort of around, but in a different form. And like, yeah, it, yeah so it shifted. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I look at the artwork now and I'm like, yeah, this looks like somebody designed, like, I don't know. It could look better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I remember at the time loving it. And my notes are my notes are this okay, this is actually, this is cheesy, but it's fine. And then I go, you know what? It's not fine. It's a goddamn mess. It's just stuff strewn everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> just, 
I, I don't like the font, I'm going to be honest. It's very I like, plain. Because the font is too plain. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't fit with everything else. And then, like, it's color, right? Or mm-hmm. at least a few different colors. And it's just kind of wasted space. You're right. It's like a, what is it, like a trifold type thing that comes out. But it's, yeah. on both sides of it, It's there's not very much there. It's like a picture no. of a band covered with shit. And like, But there's, like, one picture. And it's mostly just, like, yeah, it's mostly, it's actually a fourfold. But it's mostly four. just graphics of, like, this same stupid graphic just repeating over and over again. There's one picture of the band. Yeah. And there's no lyrics, which... You know, whatever is fine. Although it makes doing these podcasts harder, but um, they were on their website though. They were on their archive website. Thank God for Internet Archive. But I mean, um, even at the time, they would have been on their website. You're then. right. You're right. Yeah. But all it does is basically tell you who Stairwell is, and then there's a thank you, and then you know the the credits, like production and stuff, yeah. and that is it. Yeah. So he. So their thank yous are Chad Johnson, which is uh, Take Hold, um, Louis Garcia, uh, Chris Colbert. That's a uh, dashboard. That is no. That is um. He used to be in Fluffy and oh, the um, Fluffy guy. Okay, yeah, 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 the guy who does. He's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and then uh, Chad from Militia, Blair Stopnick, which I assume is Sean's brother or sister, or sister. You never know with that name. Yeah, it says and and stairwell girls to come. Oh, so maybe that's wife. I don't maybe know. so. Interesting. Okay. And he does say at the end, not least our Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. So there we go. Yep. We know it's it's uh, they're Christian. Well, I'm pretty sure like the Boys to Men album, Men album said that at the time too. So. All right, okay, good point, good point. <laughs> but I feel like for for at least me at the time, it was like okay, okay, so yeah. See this. Oh, is, good, it's safe. <laughs> this is cool. Like I feel like, and that was this time period in my life where I was like, you almost wanted to be like a like a hidden Christian or something like mm-hmm. I'm a Christian, but I'm cool. See like this yeah. band, they're Christians, Undercover. but they're cool. See, they're not, they're not lame. Um, yeah. So yeah. Hey, was that scientific? Remember that scientific EP? Mm-hmm. Was that around the same time? I think so. Okay. That was good. We should do that. That was a really catchy EP. Is that on yeah. our list? On a side uh, note? No, it's not. Okay. Let's, let's add that in just a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Anything else we want to talk about before we close out here? No, I don't think so on this album. It's it's good. Um, I wish it was out there more. Stairwell guys, yeah. like if there's a way to put this out, even just to throw it on Bandcamp or Spotify or something would be yeah. great. I agree. Please do. And, you know, if you're thinking to yourselves, Stairwell guys, like I want people to remember the other albums. This is this is a great album. Get people. People need to remember this one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, Jay, where are these guys now? Well, so just to jump ahead for a minute, speaking of that, Stairwell is actually back together. Um, yes, they have a new song that is on Bandcamp. They're playing Furnace Fest this year. I think <laughs> they'll be playing some more dates, I would imagine. And it sounds like they're recording more. They're, I think, they're just kind of putting out a song at a time as they get it mm-hmm. going. Uh, and I know they're playing some old stuff too. So go see them. I think it'll be really fun. Uh, they've changed members a little bit, but still have a couple of the original members. And so, yeah. So wasn't the only original member between Stairwell One and Stairwell Two the drummer? Mm, no, and Sean, the guitarist. I oh, think. Yeah. yeah. No, well, I guess, but Sean even joined late to that, though, too, right? No, I think you're thinking. No, Sean was in it. I think from the beginning, he okay. was the carryover. But then he, I don't. I think he might have left before their last album. I don't know. They've had a lot of in okay. and outs, but or maybe he was on the last album. I don't know. He's not in this iteration of it. But so no one's left from Stairwell One. Mm, you may be right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So to tell you where they are now. 
Jonathan, I don't know what his day job is. I apologize, but he's been in a ton of bands <laughs> since then, and I'm probably going to get the order wrong. I apologize, but I got a lot of this info from Indivision Music. Um, but he's been in stuff like Slingshot David, The Mood Swingers, Pilot Whale, My Compatriots, Windowsill Audrey, B is Bridgie. Um, he did something more recently called The Pacific Notebook, and he also mm-hmm. now has solo stuff at johncaro.bandcamp.com. So, a ton of stuff. You could spend a couple yeah. days listening to just all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's still putting out a lot of music. Obviously, he's still fronting Stairwell now in the new version. Zach Schultz is a firefighter in California. Mm-hmm. Sean Stopnick, he, after this band, he played another band called Rock Kills Kid, which I think even mm-hmm. had a major label signing or something but now he's a user experience engineer for ibm in north carolina oh he's uh, in north carolina uh-huh. i thought he was in i thought he, he was in Austin last time we did a uh he did but according to linkedin he is in north carolina now all right well, he moved. <laughs> tim is an attorney in costa mesa california and i think jonathan dean is the director of immunology at a biosciences company in San Diego. Oh, but I might have the wrong Jonathan Dean. Although I was looking at, you know, you're looking at photos from yeah. nowadays to back then. You're like, it's the same guy. I think it is. So <laughs> if I'm wrong, Jonathan, I apologize if you ever listen to this. So back together should be good. Do you have an award for this album? You know, tentatively. Uh, and we might okay. have to use this award, award on other albums too, which I realize that doesn't <laughs> really fit. But, um, I kind of, and I have a question mark. I said the the Christian Label Trap Award, the oh, question yeah. mark. Like, uh, not the tickle was bad. They were putting out great stuff. Yeah. But I just think, like, it limited some of these bands. Yeah. Because it could have even been bigger. I agree. This one's for my comrades, the ones that were left out. Never fully judged, only looked upon the outside. Well, Jay, what are we doing on the next episode? <laughs> we are doing Five Iron Frenzy's debut album, Upbeats and Beatdowns. A repeat already, Jay? I know. <laughs> I know. But, uh, you know, side note, people love Five Iron Frenzy, so I'm sure our listens will go up. That's not sure. why we're doing it, but hey, you know. <laughs> yes. And if we don't do repeats, we'll just be stuck doing repeats like all together at once. And we should do them. We should intersperse them. It's been uh, a year, I think. Yeah, I agree. We'll we'll throw that in and then we'll move on to some other. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Your Music Saved Us. If you enjoyed your time with us, please leave us a review or share this episode. Visit patreon.com slash ymsu to contribute and get extended episodes. Visit our website, yourmusicsavedus.com, to find out all the ways to listen. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Join our Facebook group or follow us to keep up with the latest or interact with us. 
and send complaints and disagreements to yourmusicsavedus at gmail.com. Music in this episode is the work of Stairwell and is used with apologies, not permission. And check them out. Okay. They're on... Technically, they asked us to do this episode, too. True. We Can have we been in contact that? with them a little bit. We have not. <laughs> and I think we'd love to have some of the guys on yeah. soon. And we're not shilling for them. It's just... It was fun to do. <laughs> yeah. So, you should buy their stuff. They're on Bandcamp. I'm sure they're probably going to be putting out merch and some other stuff. I haven't, don't think I've seen any yet, but I think okay. they'll probably do some stuff, too. So right, Stairwell guys, if you don't have stuff to buy, get on that so that everyone can buy stuff. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye.